Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Print Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, joined today by Makone Maja. Let us get into the news of today. And of course, the big story today is the terrible fire that has uh, swept through a building in Johannesburg. At least 83 people have died. Uh, the fire started at about 1.30 this morning uh, in Marshalltown, Johannesburg. Uh, it was a five-story building. And the uh, uh, there at least... 300 people have been dislocated now uh, who were living in that building. It appears that the building was hijacked. Um, this is a process where uh, the owners of the building are no longer in control of it, and someone is collecting rent from the residents who doesn't actually own the building. Um, there are lots of these in the Johannesburg Central Business District. Apparently, this building belonged to the city of Johannesburg itself and had been given out to a NGO which was supposed to pro uh, provide a shelter for abused women. However, the NGO was shut down due to safety reasons. And uh, according to a spokesperson for the uh, city, law enforcement operations were initiated. It was raided by the city with saps and home affairs with arrests made. It was also found that there were people collecting rent and therefore saps was delegated to deal with the matter. But it's unclear if anything has been done. This building seems to have been overcrowded, bad repair and uh, possibly without electricity, which is why people were using candles. And unfortunately, that started a fire which killed all these people. Um, McCorney, to me, this just seems like another case of gross mismanagement. The city of Johannesburg has many properties across the city which have fallen into total disrepair. Uh, and um, this is not the first time. What are your thoughts? Nick, we were just musing before the show as well about... Um, the number of possible hijacked buildings that are still standing to this day in Johannesburg and how many of them need to end in such tragic loss of lives, right? The, do the death toll keeps just going up and up. It started um, at the report that I read, at least at first was at 43, and now it's all the way, almost double, it's at 73. Um, so it's, it's a full cycle value chain of gross mismanagement, um, first, it was in the wrong of the hand, the in the hands of the wrong NGO, right? Meaning, whatever mechanism of identifying NGOs that should be um, assigned to these buildings just fell short, and then government failed to act on that. And you also saw the SAPS fail to really take control of of, of law enforcement in these uh, hijacked buildings. So it's another tragic loss of life at the hands of gross mismanagement. We saw this earlier in the year with the Harman Skrull uh, water incidents that also unfortunately led to people dying as a result. So it's 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 such a great tragedy and it's really sad, but I hope it will serve as a wake-up call because these are no-go areas in Johannesburg. We are terrified of even driving past them. I can't imagine walking, let alone living in such a, a building. And also when you read the article, it talks about people couldn't get out of the building because of obstructions what, what sort of obstructions are in buildings that people cannot flee when there is a fire, a deadly fire for that matter? So there's clearly a lot going on in these buildings that um, is, we are uncovering as a result of this one uh, tragic incident. And I'm hoping that a, a raid of, this of these buildings will follow suit as a result. Now, the bottom line is that these buildings need to be brought back under control by the city management um, and... Uh, this is not just a problem that faces private building owners in the city of Johannesburg. Okay, let's move on to our next story. A report has come out 
um, a comparative financial analysis uh, which looked at South Africa's five largest metros and found that they are effectively misspending their money, despite the fact that they are raising rates almost every single year. Municipal revenue in the five biggest metros in the, in the five metros has risen by about 18% a year for the past 12 years, which is a pretty big increase. Um, and yet at the same time, most of these municipalities are underspending on maintenance. Uh, 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 if you look at the benchmark, the national treasury sets for how much uh, is supposed to be spent on infrastructure and things like remuneration, um, they found, this report found that about 137 billion rand cumulatively had been overspent on remuneration um, over the last 12 years. And in the same period, repairs had had 87, uh, sorry, 86 billion rand underspent on it. So uh, there's a little bit more to the remuneration there, but it really seems like they're taking money in general in these in municipalities out of uh, uh, what, you know, providing the services, making sure the services work and giving it to city employees. Um, this is the patronage network at play where, you know, people are paid essentially to do nothing useful. Yeah, bureaucracy, like we said, is a very lucrative enterprise because you have starved these government enterprises full of people that get paid well above uh, nominal, inf uh, uh, above inflation rates. Uh, but again, the way in which we interface with the services they provide is that they provide terrible services, right? And what that also speaks to, Nick, as I pointed out pre the show, is this, if, if it is the case which I know it is because these are just sentiments echoed throughout the Auditor General's reports as well about mismanagement of funds at the hands of like remuneration or remunerating um, um, enterprises, but also that a lot of our um, metros are also um, insolvent, right? Year after year, we get reports from the Auditor General saying that these uh, metros are insolvent. What we're seeing is that essentially people who are in administrative positions in government entities are being paid well to deliver crappy services. So there's no incentive for them to actually perform because you're rewarded, you're rewarded well for poor, <laughs> poor work and poor services. And almost no one is, is ever fired, no matter how bad performance is. Um, I've heard of cases where I think in the city of Johannesburg a couple of years ago, there was a suspected case of sabotage by city power employees, and yet no one was fired. No, if anything, the laws are such that it's made incredibly difficult to fire people, especially in, in government offices. So, again, the rewards just keep going up and up and up. And yet, not only are we getting bad, bad services, but no one's ever held accountable. Exactly. And that's the fundamental thing that needs to change. People need to be fired and people need to be hired on the basis of merit. Okay, uh, let us move on to our last story for today. And this is a new initiative by the city of Cape Town, which says that it is going to be rolling out dash cams and body cams to its police uh, officers. Around 800 law enforcement officers will be given body cams and 300 of the city's cars will be fitted with dashboard cameras. This will also, the dashboard cameras are also going to have technology integrated into them that will allow them to recognize number plates um, automatically that are belong to cars which are wanted or drivers who are wanted for crimes. Uh, so if you report your car stolen, it will, the police will, and they, they drives past a police car, 
people the police will be able to see it immediately um also body cameras i think are a good idea uh police brutality is a real problem in south africa a lot of the uh, we with the many cases of where the police have acted far too harshly on people and improperly um and body cameras can sometimes be useful for helping police to stay accountable by actually providing record of an interaction and sometimes it also protects police when police have done their job correctly but they're accused unfairly of being brutal. Macaulay, this seems like a really good idea. Um, what do you make of it? Yeah, the city of Cape Town works overtime to make sure that it's recognized as a world-class citizen. This move is certainly one of them. I'm green with envy, first of all, and you could see us just beaming when you were <laughs> reading the description. Uh, because I think what's also what also it turns out to be that it's a win for law-abiding citizens in the country, right? Not so much for those uh non-law-abiding citizens, I think for them, they will lament that they no longer get to grease the wheels and fatten the pockets of corrupt police officials through bribes, right? So that's going to put an end to that. Body cams are going to put an end to the receipt and exchange of bribes, which I'm very excited about because a lot of lawlessness on the roads that end up in horrible deaths is because the police let people go. They let, And hopefully this moves from the police to the traffic, to the metro, uh, to metro police. Uh, and I, I saw that they... They said that there's only 800 body cams that are being issued this year and there's more next year. So this is a nice, easy, slow rollout and um, a good uh, test case for how we can observe the use of body cams and the use of these uh, number plate recognition systems. I saw something as well about live streaming um, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's service, like when you call for help, emergency services with the police, I think that's that's what they'll be live streaming. So that's also a very, very exciting development. Um, again, green with envy and um, now I in Cape Town as a potential city to be moving to, as I'm sure we all have been doing <laughs> throughout this year. Uh, definitely. All right. That is all the time we have for today. Uh, I hope you found that interesting and that's a wrap. 